The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Let's begin this morning with prayer. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father and our King. It is just our privilege to come to you this morning and worship you and praise you and seek your face. O Lord, we long to be close to you day after day. We long to hear your voice and obey it. We long, Father, for that personal, intimate relationship with you. Strengthen our prayer life so that we will know you and we will know what you desire for us. And we will surely be Talmudim, disciples, and follow you. We bless you, thank you, and praise you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. And amen, right? The past two weeks, we've talked about New Year's resolutions. Remember what mine was? Yep, I want to trust God more. So this week, we're going to talk about how to prove that you trust God. Well, what could that be? How, how can you prove that you trust God? Well, I believe the proof of your ability and your sincerity in trusting God is your personal prayer life. So that's actually what we're going to talk about today. In fact, I'd like to send you a 12-page booklet about prayer. For any love gift this month, just ask for this booklet, and I'll send you a few if you'd like, and we will send it out to you free of charge. You can call our office phone at 813-831-5673, or hit the donate button on our website, heartofmessiah.org. And of course, you know you can email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. Well, let's start with one of my favorite scriptures about prayer. Yep, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. And you might be saying, wait, that's not about prayer. <laughs> well, I think it is. So let's look. For I know the plans that I have in mind for you, declares Adonai, plans for shalom or peace and not calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Well, don't stop there. <laughs> Everybody stops there. Let's go to the next verse, verse 12. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Then I will be found by you, 
says Adonai, and I will return you from exile and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, says Adonai, and I will bring you back to the place from which I removed you as captives into exile. Well, I would say that this is something I, I don't want to be in exile. I don't want to be in prison uh, of my own emotions and, and so on. And, and I believe God's plan for us is to set us free. But it happens when we pray. It begins with seeking God with all your heart. It, you know, you call on God, you come to God, and then you pray to God. Part of our hope in our future is wrapped up in seeking God and praying for him. So when we define what prayer is, we see that our definition and the world's definition is different. Why don't you think about it? The world's definition of prayer is a solemn request for help or expression of thanks addressed to God or an object of worship. You know, you might say, I'll say a prayer for him. This, unfortunately, I believe, affects how believers think about prayer. I believe we should, as believers, define prayer as a conversation with God. Because there are many facets of prayer. First of all, it is direct with him. It can be out loud or it can be internal. It can be contemplative. You know, it can be you pouring out from your soul. It Prayer, under prayer, I believe, is praise and thanksgiving. Repentance is part of prayer. When we repent to God, rebuking the enemy, calling on God to, to send that enemy packing. You know, and then, of course, there are re- requests and intercessions and for ourselves and for friends and family and the world. So uh, there are many parts of prayer, but it all has to do with that relationship with God. Prayer presupposes that you have a belief in the personality of God and his ability and willingness to communicate with us, right? So remember from last week, his personal control, he controls it all. And he controls us and really our actions as well. Now you say, well, what about free choice? Well, yeah, we obviously choose to do things. And yet, look, when God wants to do something, he's going to do it, right? (laughs) Prayer must also be offered in the faith that God is. And he's a hearer and an answerer of prayer, and that he will fulfill his word. So as an example, in Matthew twenty-one twenty-two, it says, whatever you ask in prayer, trusting, you shall receive. Think about that a second. I know some of you are going to say, well, I didn't receive what I prayed for. Well, first of all, you might not have received it yet. And second of all, you might not have received the answer the way you would have liked but but God answers our prayers. 
Matthew 9.22, when Yeshua turned and saw her, this is the woman with the issue of blood, take heart, daughter, he said, your faith has made you well. That very hour, the woman was healed. So let us be people of faith. And again, prayer is that test that we believe that we have faith. Now, it's kind of interesting when you talk about prayer, people say, well, you know, give me some of the the rules to prayer. And, and, you know, I think that though there might be some rules in group prayer, today we want to talk about personal prayer. And I don't believe that there are that many rules. But let's go over a couple things. Uh, positions for prayer. Well, you can kneel, you can bow, you can fall prostrate on the ground, uh, you can stand, you can spread out your hands uh, to heaven. I mean, uh, for me, I walk and pray. Uh, every morning, I, the, I get dressed, and the first thing I do is I get out of the house, and I walk and I pray. And God and I have a wonderful, wonderful time. Now, let's look scripturally. Uh, one of the things that I really uh, love about um, prayer is that it, it, there are so many different aspects of it. When we look at scripture, we see that Abraham's servant prayed to God, and God directed him to the person who should be the wife of his son, his master's son. In Genesis 24, uh, I, I love that because when he prayed, he prayed in to God, who was the God of Abraham, God of his master. And uh, so oftentimes we still do that. We say God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob, or Israel, if you'd like to say it that way. At any rate, Samson prayed to God, and God showed him a well where he quenched his burning thirst, and so lived to judge Israel in Judge, Judges 15, 18 through 20. Uh, Daniel prayed, and don't you love Daniel as he prayed with faith? And God enabled him to both tell Nebuchadnezzar his dream and to give him the interpretation in Daniel 2, 16 through 23. Nehemiah prayed, and God inclined the heart of the king of Persia to grant him leave of absence to visit and rebuild Jerusalem in Nehemiah 1, 11 and 2, 1 through 6. The believers in Jerusalem prayed, and God opened the prison doors and set Peter free. Actually, in, in Acts 2, they, or 1, they prayed in unity and we saw the, the Ruach, the Holy Spirit, fall on the people. Uh, we, there are so many times. Now, interesting enough, Paul prayed that the thorn in the flesh might be removed in 2 Corinthians twelve seven through 10. And it was not. But yet, God showed him that prayer was required. We don't know how God answered that maybe in a different way than he had thought. And of course, 
more importantly, or maybe most importantly, Yeshua prayed. I love John 17. I mean, if you're talking about felt prayer, Yeshua starts out in verse 1 saying, Yeshua spoke these things, then lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come, glorify your Son, so the Son may glorify you. And then the rest of the chapter is just a beautiful prayer, uh, culminating in the fact that Jews and Gentiles should be one so that the world would see that Yeshua, that he was the Messiah. And so that's a great prayer. Luke 5, 16 says he would often, Yeshua would often slip away into the wilderness and pray because he wanted to be alone, right? Luke six twelve said, and it was during these days that Yeshua went out to the mountain to pray and he spent all night in prayer to God. Wow, all night in prayer. He had a, 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 a prayer meeting, just himself, uh, but it lasted all night. Luke nine twenty eight. Yeshua took Peter, John, Jacob with him and went up to the mountain and prayed. And of course, Matthew 6, 5 through 13, including the Lord's Prayer, which gives us one possible example of how to pray. But let's not get legalistic. There are many ways to pray. Obviously, if Yeshua prayed all night, his prayer was different from the format of the Lord's Prayer, right? So all of these are great ways to come to God and to converse with him. Now, I mentioned at the top of the program that I have this 12-page pamphlet called Pray for One Hour. Oh, maybe I didn't tell you what it was called. It's called Pray for One Hour. And it comes from Matthew 26, 40 and 41. Remember when he says uh, he comes to his disciples and finds them sleeping and he tells Peter, so couldn't you keep watch with me for one hour? This is the beginning, obviously, of Jewish guilt, right? (laughs) Keep watching and praying so that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And I believe this is something for us to really understand. I believe that God, look, you might miss a few days here and there, and you're not going to pray for an hour. But I believe that one of the reasons that believers are are uh, malnourished <laughs> is not because they don't know the Word of God. It's because they don't apply the Word of God. And applying the Word of God starts with a prayer life. Now, you might say that your schedule is such that you can't. Well, it just means that you have to take another hour of sleep away. And then you're the same schedule that you had that didn't permit prayer now permits prayer. <laughs> okay. I won't I won't uh, go any further with that, but I think you get the uh, understanding. Now, uh, lots of people talk about, well, what do you do when you pray for an hour? So let me give you what I would say are seven parts 
of prayer that I believe uh, should be used in most hours of prayer. Now, again, we're not going to be legalistic about this, but I believe that, number one, when we pray, we start out with praise, adoration, and thanksgiving and worship. Number two, I believe that, secondly, we are to repent before the Lord. Number three, we should go to the Lord and make sure we forgive anybody that we have something against to the Lord, and then, obviously, we're going to have to uh, forgive the people as well. But we can go to the Lord and ask that not only have we received forgiveness, but we also must forgive. Number four, I believe strongly that we are to rebuke Hasatan or Satan or the enemy. We are to take authority over this this prince of of this world, but we have authority over this prince because we know the king. All right? Number five, I believe part of having this conversation with God is listening. Yes. I mean, how irritating is it if you are in a conversation and all you're doing is talking? There needs to be times where you are quiet and you listen to the still small voice of God. He wants to talk to you. He wants to impress things on you. And if you are so involved in talking, you are not going to hear him. Number six, I believe we have to pray for ourselves. And I don't mean when I say pray for ourselves. Well, I'll tell you what I mean later on. Actually, it might even be uh, next week by the time I get there. But in, in short, I, I'm not saying that I want to pray for a Cadillac or money. or I mean, look, we can pray for those things. But I want to be spiritually strong. I want to be emotionally strong. I want to be a great father, a great um, husband, a great um, son, a great rabbi, a great friend. I mean, this requires God to fill me with his spirit in dramatic ways, right? Well, at any rate, I'll, I'll talk way more about that. And, and number seven, we need to intercede for others. We need to intercede for our friends. We need to I- intercede for this world and our country and Israel. Well, as I said, you might not do all of these every day, but each one is a key to prayer and will take you on a prayer journey that one hour might seem short. <laughs> I know some of you are saying you got to be kidding, but I am not kidding. This prayer booklet that I'm offering will be a great reminder of not only what to pray, but also how to pray. So I would suggest you uh, call or email us about it. Remember also that there is power in praying Scripture. 
And part of this booklet has a number of scriptures that will help you. And, and part of this, the teaching that I'll do, and I like to do this about every six months, certainly once a year, is to teach on how to pray scripture, which is part of personal prayer. So you've got to understand this teaching is probably going to be a three-week teaching just on personal prayer. So let's look more specifically. We'll start with these parts of prayer, uh, and we'll go back to the number one part, which I said was praise and adoration and thanksgiving and worship. And basically what that means is you start out by telling God how great he is, (laughs) because he's great, (laughs) And you tell God why he is so great, and then you thank God for what he has done and and all the greatness that he has displayed in your life. And if you can't think of anything, then you pray Psalm 100. Shout joyfully to Adonai all the earth, serve Adonai with gladness, come before his presence with joyful singing. Know that Adonai, which means again the Lord, Adonai, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Praise him, bless him, for Adonai is good. His loving kindness endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. This is just one scripture that you can pronounce. But look, after pronouncing this scripture, it is hard to feel bad because the words go deep into your spirit. And you are pronouncing God's word and you are blessing God. And, and this is the beginning of a great relationship. Can you imagine you see a friend uh, or your wife or your husband and the first thing you say is, wow, I really just appreciate you. Now, I know that some of you might have gotten into some bad habits and and you're very task-oriented. My wife and I are extremely task-oriented. And so you, the first thing you see, uh, say in the morning is, hey, did you remember to do the following? No, this is, we have to get out of that habit and get into the habit of praise and adoration and thanksgiving. And so we have to do the same thing with God. Doesn't that make sense? Well, it's hard to believe, but we're out of time. And there is so much to discuss, the specifics, the practicalities of prayer. Prayer is is the key one of what I consider the five keys to discipleship and knowing the heart of Messiah, it's all about prayer. Again, let me send you this 12-page booklet about prayer. I think it's going to be a blessing. I'll tell you more about it next week. Just send us a love gift of any amount, and we'll be happy to send this to you. You can call our office at 813 831 
888-646-8373. You can go on our website, heartofmessiah.org, and hit the donate button, or you can email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. May you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. Let's close in prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach. Lion of Judah, the God of Israel.